Today we get into what the heart of this podcast is all about. Equine bodywork. Owners, trainers, vets, and everyone in between often have their very strong opinions when it comes to individuals in the horse world doing alternative therapies. <laughs> they either swear by them, think it's the next magic pill, or they think it's hocus pocus. People will use someone without knowing what it is they do only because so-and-so said so. Or they found a body worker who has worked with them and their horse to make significant improvements in posture and function and help them on a winning path. We're going to ask you to become critical thinkers and give you the tools to make informed decisions. Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Equine Body Talks, a podcast about opening the conversation on equine wellness. Join us as we dive deeper into the whole body approach for your equine performance courses. Have you ever been confused by the term bodywork, or maybe even the people calling themselves bodyworkers? What do they do? How did they get to do this job? Where did they learn? How could you start or maintain a career as a bodyworker? It's our intent to get the, to the heart of this. Talk about regulations, different modalities, schooling, and what the term actually means. We want to offer support to individuals in our industry as a network of professionals and educate the owners who want to know more about how bodywork can help their horses excel in the sport. We'll look into the, what therapies are out there and what benefits or side effects your horse will get from them. With the industry becoming more mainstream, there are a lot of people getting into the bodywork field. It certainly seems like it would be one of the best jobs for anyone who loves horses. You get to be around them all day, make them feel good, and have them look forward to your visits every time you walk in the yard. You can travel all over the place, meet, meet new people, make your own hours, and, you know, pretty much a dream job. And for sure, we are lucky to be independent entrepreneurs working with the amazing animals that we are. As many of you know, Kim and I started in the same place. We started going to school in BC together, and that was kind of the beginning of our body work equine journey but now we are both in very different places in the equine industry both doing something we love and are passionate about but very different what we're trying to say is the biggest part of becoming a body worker is finding your passion grow in it become the very best you can there's a lot of information out there and you can always strive to do better there's more to it than meets the eye so, what the heck is an equine body worker, and why did we want to have an entire podcast devoted to it? It's an industry that has been around for a long time, however, it's only just now becoming more mainstream. There's a lot of chatter about new tools, techniques, or procedures, but not a lot of about actual data or understanding. Absolutely. Obviously, this is a passion of ours. We've both devoted years to becoming professionals in this field, not to mention tens of thousands of dollars in education. Mm -hmm. There are so many misconceptions, however, and we want to start chiseling, chiseling away at those. We'll present to our listeners an educated and full understanding of equine bodywork, the modalities within it, and the scope of practice it's comprised of. Often people see this as just something nice to do for their horses like a spa day. The real reality is a good equine body worker can be key to the success you have with your horse by helping to develop their bodies, relax and reju rejuvenate them after training or showing, target weakness and tissue, 
analyze and improve posture for better performance, and develop key exercises and programs to help reach their peak ability, ensuring you can achieve those goals that we talked about last month. When we say they can be a key component, it doesn't mean that by just finding a body worker, that's all you have to do to become successful in the arena. We are part of the core group of professionals that is instrumental in your horse's success. It takes a village to create a champion. To start, let's define bodywork. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines it as therapeutic touching or manipulation of the body by using specialized techniques. Wikipedia defines the term bodyworker as alternative medicine. Bodyworker is any therapeutic or personal development technique that involves working with the human body in form involving manipulative therapy, breathwork, or energy medicine. Bodywork techniques also aim to assess or improve posture, promote awareness of the body-mind connection rather than the mind-body connection, or to manipulate the electromagnetic field alleged to surround the human body and affect health. Equine bodywork can have the same definition only applied to horses. So this means in essence that there, that any therapy or modality hands on or off the horse can be deemed bodywork as long as the intent is to promote health and well-being of the body. Well, that's pretty much everything you can think of. doesn't really give a great definition, um, and it makes up for a long list of modalities that could be included. And just because the individual is called a body worker doesn't mean that they do all the modalities. We're going to explore methods of massage therapy, craniosacral, myofascial, osteopathy, equiscope, red light and laser, reiki and energy work, PEMF, and other forms of magnetic therapy, and more. We're going to look at boundaries and make sure the lines between professions are clearly defined. If you have a therapy you'd like to explore more, let us know. We'll do the legwork. If there is one thing we hope you take away from this podcast, it is that this is an unregulated industry. That is super important to keep in mind because it means that there is no governing body ensuring that all professionals hold a minimum standard. Why does that matter? Because people who are calling themselves equine body workers can have anywhere from no form of education to others years or decades of education and experience. Without knowledge of biomechanics, anatomy, and physiology, injury to your horse is possible. You are your horse's advocate and need to make informed decisions. Another term to be defined, scope of practice. Wikipedia defines the term scope of practice as the procedures, actions, and processes that a healthcare practitioner is permitted to undertake in keeping with the terms of their professional license. The scope of practice is limited to that which the law allows for the specific education and experience and specific demonstrated competency. The scope of your practice is a way of describing what you are trained and competent to do. It describes the areas which you have the knowledge, skills, and experience to practice safely and effectively in the best interests of the patient and within your legal parameters. Laws will be different depending on the country, state, or province in which you as an individual practice, so the modalities they are permitted to use will fall under these legislated rules due to the licensing and regulations. 
Chiropractics and acupuncture are two such modalities of which we will touch on further that fall under those legislations. This is a whole can of worms that we will address in a future episode. To note here as well is that they hold licenses to practice in the state or province for which they are practicing. Standards of practice are different from country to country or province and state, so you need to ask to know to ask those questions and not to take things at face value. We cannot stress enough. You are the advocate for your horse. They cannot speak for themselves, so you need to allow only competent individuals to work on them of any profession. But how are you supposed to know? This is why we developed the podcast. We want to help you answer those questions and give you information to educate yourselves. Over the course of this podcast, we're going to get into more detail on all the individual elements, but for today, we'll start with an introduction to what we'll look at more in depth. So we'll start with the education. As we mentioned, there's no governing body. So where you go to school to learn about equine bodywork is totally up to you as an individual. There are a lot of people practicing bodywork today. Great people that have gotten into the industry with a caring heart. Having no governing body means that there is no way to identify which is the best programs and which are ones you're likely to be happy to have gotten into but need more depth to practice at a higher level of understanding. There's a wide variety of programs offered from weekend courses to ones that take years to complete. Not all of them, though, have the same level of education standards. So some may require testing, others may not. Some may Mm -hmm. require that you go out and do practicums, some may not. Mm -hmm. Lack of knowledge on scope of practice is another thing that sometimes can get mixed in with different educational areas. So if you have um, taken certain courses that maybe do cover chiropractics or acupuncture, that is something that, again, is uh, possibly out of the scope of practice that we are going to talk about, as I say, in other episodes. But just having that knowledge for now is key. People understanding their limitations and know that education doesn't stop with just one course. Continuing your education is so important. Without it, you become stagnant and ego gets in the way. For sure. I would have to sit down and actually count how many courses I've (laughs) taken over the years, and I'm sure you're the same. Absolutely. Some are weekend courses, but they're a great addition to the base that we already have. And they might have to build on a course that you've already taken. It's a prerequisite that you've taken other ones. Yeah, For sure. So if you're someone interested in getting started or wanting to continue your education, our advice is to do your research. Well, a Google search is likely the place most people start. Be aware of the curriculum. It needs to cover anatomy, physiology, and form to function. Does it partner with any associations for membership after completion? Will the course content and length allow for you to become insured? Ask other professionals in your area where they went, what they did. Um, Do ride-along days. Those are great. Mm -hmm. Contact us. Um, Kim loves having people hop in her truck. Absolutely. (laughs) There are many good programs out there, but not everyone is equal. So take a piece of paper and do the pros and cons of each one. And like we said earlier, um, you kind of get a good base and then you'll find your passion from there. But 
you need to start with a course that has a good base, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would totally agree with that and then continue on. And like we both talked about, you never stop your education and there's going to be areas that really tweak your interest. Mm-hmm. So as an aside for me, I went to the cranial element because that really became important to me after my health issues. Um, and for you, obviously rehabilitation (laughs) has become a big instrumental part of your career. So yeah, lots of different ways, but just again, making sure that you understand the content of the course is really important. And then also understanding what the content of that course will allow you to practice Mm -hmm. afterwards. So a key takeaway is that being unregulated as an industry means that you can only achieve a certificate of completion or attendance. So oftentimes people will, um, you know, believe that because they've taken a weekend course and they achieve a certificate that this then allows them to practice, which in essence it does because again, not regulated. But that weekend course then doesn't um, compare to somebody that has taken further education or somebody that has gone and added to maybe that weekend course they originally Mm -hmm. took. So just making sure that you have really understood what the person who is putting themselves out there as a, quote, body worker has for education. So by only having a certificate of a completion or attendance... It means that you were either t- you could have been tested and passed their exams, but again, there's no standards to those exams, or it could simply mean that you were present in the course. No one can be called a licensed professional unless they have passed a board certified exam put on by a regulating body, such as the veterinary board. In our profession, there is none. So be aware of what people are calling themselves and don't be afraid to ask questions. (laughs) Yes, that's right. If you're an owner looking for a body worker, again, do your research. Understand what the modalities offered by the body worker are and find out what would be best for your horse depending on their health and current training. And to go a little bit further into that, uh, when you compare it to humans, sometimes we need different modalities to help us feel better. Mm -hmm. So your horse might be the same. You know, you can have one person who's well-versed in craniosacral and you can have another person who's well-versed in massage. Um, Not saying that one person can't do both, but it just depends on your horse's needs, what you can find for them. Um, Talk to other trusted equine professionals and determine if they have any recommendations. Ask a lot of questions And if in doubt, again, we're happy to help you individually. Just send us an email or PM us on social media. Yeah. So I think there's another underlying thing here. Ask a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be afraid. If you're afraid to ask questions, then maybe you have to question to yourself. Why is that? Why do you feel like you can't approach that individual? So do your due diligence when it comes to professional liability insurance. This This is meant to protect both you as the body worker And the client, should an accident happen while you're on the property and working on the horses? There are many hazards we face as body workers, such as kicks, bites, and being confined in a space with a thousand pound animal. Not all equine professionals out there understand the positive effects body work can have. And not all owners or trainers are open to the idea of alternative therapies. 
This is why, as a body worker, it is so important to present yourself as a professional and have full knowledge of what you are doing. Networking as well is so key. It is hard to approach other professionals and put yourself out there, but belief in yourself and what you know will help you excel. Ask vets or other body workers to do ride-along days, go to continuing ed courses being put on, and always further yourself. No one expects perfection, but we need to, as a collective, start working towards getting to know more knowledge, or sorry, getting to have more knowledge out there as to who we are as body workers and the benefits to the horse. Not having a standard to which others can understand your education and dedication is a detriment, but as a collective, it is up to us to work together. Here are some types of therapies we'll look into further this season individually, but for now, here's just an overview of some. So we'll be looking into massage therapy, myofascial release, craniosacral, equiscope, osteopathy, Reiki or energy work, red light and laser, pulse electromagnetic field therapy, aka PEMF, or other magnetic therapies as well. And as part of the team associated with your horse, body workers will work closely with other professionals. So we're going to have future episodes where we look into these other team members, such as vet medicine. Here we're going to chat with some performance horse vets about the type of therapies they use for rehabilitation, such as shockwave, IRAP, PRP, acupuncture, chiropractics, etc. Farriers. We're going to talk to them about how bodywork translates to their work on the who's and when they would want to see a bodyworker come into play on specific cases. We'll also look at what is new in their field of practice and find out when shoeing or specific shoes might offer therapeutic benefits. Trainers. The interplay of what is required of the horse to do for the discipline they're chosen and how they are asked to perform such maneuvers as well as the rider and horse balance and how that rider may help or hinder their horses. So lots of upcoming things that we're going to look into for you. Um, we're really excited about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think, again, underlying thing, you need to be the advocate for your horse. Understand that not all body work is the same. Mm-hmm. And you just need to ask a lot of questions. For sure. We'd love to have you subscribe to our podcast and get all the new episodes. Please rate, review, and share with your friends so we can grow and bring you topics you're most interested in. Contact us through our website or on social media with your engagement. This is the first of our two-part series on equine bodywork. Next episode, we will be talking to a top equine body worker who has been practicing in the field for many years and has evolved continually in her education and practice while bringing a high standard to the industry. We'll be chatting about what she has seen change in the industry over the years and where she sees it going in the future. Thanks for joining us today. Reach out to our social media pages for more information on today's episode and lots of extras.